The opinions and views made on this podcast are solely those of the individual and not those of the broadcaster, host, recording studio, or sponsors and are expressively disavowed. Editing of any and all content is the expressed right of the host and recording studio. All right, all you titty tits out there, it's time for the Tit for Tat Show. I am your most giantest hostess ever, Ms. Veranda Lanai. And I am Thomas, and we have no Kenny. Yay! Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, no. What happened to Mr. Kenny? Another show. He's just not emotionally up to partaking today. <laughs> when is he ever? <laughs> no, I'm not going to make any rehab jokes. Oh, that okay. pitch just didn't come in. Yeah. Mm-mm. Uh-oh. He didn't get the memo. He has no idea what he's missing out on, though. No, he doesn't. Because I have an actual surprise for you today. You do? I do. <gasps> we are going to have a mystery caller that's going to make your day. I love surprises. Yes. Am and I going to pee? Maybe just a little. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, a yeah. tittle a little. Don't get overexcited okay. yet. Okay. okay. Because then after <laughs> the mystery caller, mm-hmm. we have our main guest for the evening. Ooh. And who is that? Who is it? Mr. Jim Colucci. Hello. The New York Times bestselling author of... Again? Another, another one? one? Yes. Wow. We have two. We are a We're double, them up. double New York Times bestseller. Now my rack is complete. Yeah. That's a rack. <laughs> And you could actually put some books on that rack. <laughs> right, that's yeah. a big shelf, let me yeah. tell you. <laughs> so New York best New York Times best selling author of, of The Golden Girl. Go- <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm so excited we, we have we have the um um two. Too, uh, that's pretty. Places. That's pretty good. So, a best-selling author of Golden Girls Forever. Golden Girls Forever. Yes. And there's actually a longer <clears throat> title. Mm-hmm. Golden Girls Forever, the unauthorized look behind the lanai. I love it. Why do you love that? Because your name would <laughs> be Veranda lanai. lanai. Right. And trust me, nobody wants to look behind the lanai. That's right. You're, <laughs> you're going to find a little midget on stilts walking. <laughs> so I'm really looking forward to talking I to you. I am Jen. too. You know, I love the Golden Girls. They're, yeah. they're just such, you know, they're such fun. You yeah. know, as, yeah. as my UK friends say, such fun, such fun. Well, and it's one of those things where, you know, I don't know what part of the country everybody else is, but um, you know, like 11 o'clock here, anyway, mm-hmm. they just stream them and stream yeah. them, and you just can kind of watch till mm-hmm. you fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So which golden girl are you? I knew you were going to say uh, that. Yeah. I, I think that's the kind of thing that other people should say. No, no, no. Don't, 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 skirt, don't skirt the issue. Because it's easier for me to identify. Like you, of course, Well, then who do be, you identify with? You, of course, would be B. Arthur. Oh, yeah. I de- totally identify with, with B. Arthur and Dorothy. I, I don't really identify with any of them. Blanche. You think so? You whore. But I'm not a whore. <laughs> I should be a whore more, right? I th- I think you I think you're a little you're a little Sophia. You're just sassy yeah, and you tell all these like horrific stories of Sicily <laughs> in 1921. So I'm the elderly. Yes, you are. <laughs> Dust queefer. <laughs> yes, you are. Uh-huh. No. <laughs> Shady pines with you. Shady pines. And I'm not stupid. No. I'm not a whore. You're dingy. You really think I am? You're a little dingy sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> see, you don't even know what button to I don't push. Even, I don't even <laughs> look. Don't even look at oh, see, you're dingy. Because here's a little behind the lanai yeah. for our show. Mm-hmm. Straight producer Kenny normally does the sound effects. Yes, I know. And he's which, quite dingy. <laughs> and I'm filling in. <laughs> oh, God. You just so hit, I'm, hit another one. Okay. Grand, oh, yeah. There we go. Oh, thank oh, you. That was a good yes. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so how much, I've got all this room you do. at the table. <laughs> 
so And bad. I've actually never looked at you so much. Wow. You've aged. Just, just, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> you whore. You're so bad to me. You really are Sophia. You really are Sophia. Yelling no. out those barbs. I don't have one of those wicker pocket books. Oh, I got one for you. Well, I knew you yeah. would. You know, a lady of a certain age. Oh. And all. Do you wear one of those plastic hats when it rains? No, oh. I do not. Oh. I do not. I wear a babushka. Thank you very much. Well, which is kind no, of the no, low tech that's version. That's rain bonnet that you're talking about. Oh, it is. Yeah, the clear one that has like a yeah. little visor in the front, <laughs> and they're always all crinkled yes, up. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. You have to shake it like three or four times and make a lot of yes. noise. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm mm-hmm. gonna get you that for Christmas. Gee, thanks. That'd be perfect. I'm gonna get you some support hose with the pens <laughs> too. So, <laughs> oh my, well, we have to dive into the Kilted Bros mail sack. It's that time. Oh, that that was a lot of money there. That wasn't even... Hold on. <clears throat> hold on. Since I'm new at this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Try that again. Waiting. Try that again. We're going to dive into our Kilted Bros mail sack. Oh wow. God, that's that, an even bigger... There oh, it is. Wow. There's money falling out of my mail sack. There's <sighs> harps and angels. Quit, and quit <laughs> adding duties to me. <laughs> my talents are limited. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a Sophia. Okay. So... Um, the first one comes from Grammy Liz. Hey, Grammy, Grammy Liz. Liz. All right. Hey, baby. Hello, gentlemen and ladies. So we'll just say gentleman yeah. and lady. Finally, you get... Uh, I'm called a lady. Mm-hmm. Grammy Liz needs new glasses. Thank you, Grammy Liz. I'm quite the lady. Let me tell you. <laughs> All right. So um, what a wonderful program. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Jinx. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know a lot of seniors are your biggest fans? What? Well, birds of a feather, Veranda, Oh, God, you're really pushing (laughs) the envelope today here. I am a 94-year-old lady, and I proudly call myself a titty tat. Hooray! And she ends it with... Drag rat. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Grammy Liz, that is so cool. We love, love, love having you uh, listen to us. And we are proud to call you one of our titty tats as well. Yeah, we have Mm -hmm. probably the most amazingly diverse audience guests. Yes, we do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. I love it. All right. I got one too. Hey, hoes. Why do mine always start hey, hoes? (laughs) Um, See, I told you, Blanche. <laughs> yeah. This is not a death threat. Oh, well, well, better not be. But I want to eat you all alive. <gasps> wow. So it's there's, Hannibal Lecter passive aggressively. I guess. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I've decided death threats, mm, no more. So if, if you, if you, who is it from? Anonymous, of oh, course. Of course. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So if, if. You could have a flavor. If someone were to lick you, what flavor do you think you'd be? <laughs> it would be candy. Candy? and Well, candy's not a flavor. Delicious. It would be sweet, a little very hard. <laughs> so hard candy, cherry so like hard candy. Cherry hard candy. And I l- would prefer how many licks to get to the center of the Tootsie Pop kind of thing. Oh, so you mean you mean it's one of those little Luden's cough drops in the bottom of your wicker purse that you could unwrap? <laughs> what about you? <laughs> I know what flavor you'd be. What? Kind of like a dill pickle. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, pizza. 
Mm-hmm. Pizza's not a flavor. Pizza, yeah. It's a food. It can, a, the flavor of pizza. P- okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cheesy, <gasps> cheesy and a little saucy. <laughs> okay, so the next one, oh, for crying out loud. The next one's from Anonymous. Are you kidding me? Well, those, are oh. always, those are always good emails. So annoying. All right. Anonymous says, hello. Hello. I enjoy the show. However, <laughs> really, I'd like to remind you that some of your listeners are straight and we would enjoy equal time as far as guests and respect. Well, Anonymous. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, hold on. Mr. Gill, do you see the steam coming out of Veranda's wig right now? Yes. Yes. Mm. Veranda loves a good controversial mm. email. I can kind of chuckle at listen, it. Listen. Here we go. Listen, anonymous, whoever the hell you are. Preach. Preach, have you, bitch. Have you listened to all of the episodes, you twat waffle? <laughs> Pay attention, or we're going to revoke your titty tat status. Oh, I think that's long gone. Ugh. Drives me Because nuts. I think we just got through saying we are probably the most diverse. <laughs> yeah, that's the most, I mean, we have had white, <clears throat> black, gay, straight, Asian, trans. trans. Yep. What else? I mean, uh, we're like a Jerry Springer and episode. And we're a mixed hosting here. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Back to the light. Okay. Mm. All right. I, I hope. Hey. Um, well, hey, kitty cats, it says. Kitty cats. Okay. Well, I'll take that. Okay. I like kitty cats. I love how proud you all make me to be gay. Oh. We are everyone and we are fabulous. Titty tat, hashtag titty tat pride. Oh, that's so So, you sweet. know what? It's kind of like the boomerang. Yeah. You got to have a little down to get a little up. Mm-hmm. So, we appreciate you and next time, put your name down. Who was that from? Anonymous. Another anonymous? Well, at least this anonymous was very positive. Yeah. I'm, I'm, and I'm, I'm proud that you're listening to us and, and we make you feel happy and you know what? Clap your hands. Hashtag titty tap pride. Hashtag t- titty tap pride. That's, that's <laughs> Spit a... Spit that out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I have <clears throat> one from Ali Haman. Oh. And it says, hi, titty tit for tats. Uh, many greetings from Istanbul, Turkey. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Sending you very much love and peace. Oh, that is so cool. I know you love the foreign ones. I do. Right? Yeah. I think it's so fascinating and wonderful that we just we have these listeners from all over the place. We're taking over the world. I know. One, yes. one, one titty tat at a time. Yes. We're <laughs> well, you know. Well, you know what we need to do? We need to get a map. Yes, and of do the, the world the pin, and put the pins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Ali Haman, uh, much love and peace to you too in Istanbul, Turkey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Peace. Peace. Peace, love, and hair grease. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, it, never mind. Okay. <laughs> Greetings. Greetings. You, you don't hear that much anymore. No. Okay. No. Greetings. Mm-hmm. My favorite day of the week is when a new episode breaks on iTunes. <gasps> I love it. More. More. <laughs> Love from Hong Kong. Wow. Yeah. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie abroad is the person who said that. Aussie abroad. Let's not have broad jokes. Mm. No, no, no. Let's let's keep this one positive. So we've added another one. We do have a broad spectrum of people we talked to. 
You know, we yeah. do get mm-hmm. we do get a lot of email from Australia, which I think is am- that's is amazing. Cool. Yeah, and they're all hot. That you know, mm-hmm. is there another country where everybody is just hot, like mm-hmm. Ireland, maybe mm-hmm. Australia? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's a given. That's a given right there. Okay. All right, I have one from Kevin. What? Get your glasses on, honey. T O P. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Hi, Kevin. Hey, Kevin. All right, it says, hello, girls, with an extra R, 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 R. That's the gay way. Okay. Um, I have some tit for tat, this or that for you guys. Oh. oh so now they're stealing our shtick? Well, I think they want to add to the shtick. Okay. See, I, I see how we've now added the whole, we've added, we're now talking in. Whatever. In, in shtick. Shtick. <laughs> Diverse again. <laughs> We're talking in shtick. Yeah. yeah. That 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 is the tit for tat language. Shtick. Why not? Yes. Shtick it. Hashtag titty tat pride. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not do the cluck thing anymore. <laughs> and roll your I fingers. Can't help it. Suddenly you've become oh, Medea. I've I've bec- no. Who's that? No, I, I've become uh, Alyssa Edwards. She never mind. I don't, I don't know who that RuPaul's is. RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, okay. You're old. <laughs> All right, so here are some of those this or that's that that um, Kevin would like to to share. So um, top or bottom? Go ahead. Okay, uh, shaved or oh, natural? I think you should answer those. Me? Why not? Oh, okay. Um, let's see. Uh, a bottom. Mm-hmm. Well, no good bottom. And the world mm-hmm. is jointly yes. stunned. Um. Not me. <laughs> Shaved or natural? You know what? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I, they're both. They're both hot. Cause she ain't picky. They're both hot. No, mm-hmm. I ain't picky. You can call me a little Blanche right now. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Ziggy or Bowie? Um, Bowie, definitely. <gasps> I'm. I'm such a Bowie. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Bowie better than Ziggy Stardust. Like I. I think I like Bowie. I love me some Ziggy. <clears throat> Um, it's that age generation thing. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, king size or party size? Wow. Oh, uh, honey, I'll go for the party size. Mm-hmm. <laughs> drag king <laughs> or drag queen? Now there's a, hmm, I wonder. No, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say just drag because okay. drag's an art form. I think I think it's all relevant, and there are some great drag kings, and there's some wonderful drag queens. So actually, all different kinds. Do you know? I've actually never seen a live drag king. Really? Not live. No, I, going back to the Austin National Drag Festival, saw some fantastic kings, and we have some ones here that in Cleveland that are just wonderful. And, you know, it, it is a different aesthetic, So, but it's still drag. Yeah, are there drag kings on RuPaul? No, and that's amazing to me that it's... I wonder if there would, could be. If, if they're calling it being the next drag superstar, yeah. they're not calling it next drag queen superstar, it's the next drag superstar. So there's a little... There's a little something-something for RuPaul. Get that RuPaul and, on and the phone. Worlds of Wonder, you know? Yeah, get him on the phone. Come on, Logo. Get, get it Do together. you have, like, the drag button where you just... No. Oh, okay. No. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like the bat signal? <laughs> what, is it going to be a <laughs> pair of lips in the sky or something? RuPaul. Oh, God. Yeah. Mm. Sports gear or leather gear? Yep. What's yep? Sports gear. Yeah, I think I'm, I like the sports gear, too. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, God. Just the tip her balls deep. <laughs> <laughs> and, Kevin, that is the end of our, <laughs> our segment I here. don't edit uh, the emails. Oh, uh, yeah. But notice how I put that in your bag. Uh, yeah, gee, thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I appreciate yeah. that I very much. Yes. Yes. Blanche. <sighs> All right. So, that is the end. Well, no, I've got one the more. End. Oh, you do? Oh, <laughs> wow. I was so taken aback by these... These questions. Although here. you know what, we probably should have ended it on that. Uh, maybe because we have another anonymous. Oh, for crying out loud! Hello, hello. I ain't even gonna say hello. Your show so arouses me. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> I have a huge dry cleaning bill. <laughs> <laughs> what arouses you? <laughs> Outrageous. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's actually more fun not to look at the buttons and <laughs> just pick one, what right? You're gonna get. Right. Oh no. We don't even need Kenny. Like a monkey <clears throat> could do his job. Uh, see, there you go, Kenny. You done lost your job again. <laughs> oh, anonymous. Thank God you're not sending us your dry cleaning bill because I don't <laughs> want it, and I don't know what I don't want to know what your dry cleaning. No, she <laughs> broke this one. She done broke. <laughs> yes. Oh Lord. I, what was the question again? <laughs> what arouses you? Oh, man. It's really hard yes, to get a man. A, probably a man does. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's hard to get aroused under layers and layers of pantyhose. Mm, yeah. Not mm-hmm. having that problem. Yeah. You I don't have that problem. Re- that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I can't quite relate yeah. to that. Now, when I wear my kilted bros kilt, mm. I have no problems at all. <laughs> Release the beast. (laughs) 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 I'm still not answering that. Men. We need to start editing this email. No, we don't. This is perfect. Yeah. This is perfect. All right. (laughs) And there you have it. And that is the final email from our Kilted Bros mail sack. Now now I wish I knew what the applause button was. Go look for it. We really need an applause button right here. I don't think we got one. <laughs> that serves oh, there we the go. purpose. Okay. And don't forget, if you go on kiltedbros.com and put in the discount code TIT for TAT, that's TIT, the number four, and TAT, you'll receive a 10% discount on your purchase. So, yes, absolutely. The people like that. They do. Mm-hmm. They do. The peeps, they love it. Veranda. Yes. We have an unexpected, amazing special guest on the Oh, phone. really? Hey, uh, secret special guest, why don't you say hello to Veranda? Well, hello, Veranda. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love you so much. Oh, my God. That how laugh you, of yours how kills you me. Doing? Oh, how you doing, honey? I'm doing fine. It's so nice to talk to you. Likewise, baby. So what's new in your world, honey? Well, wait a minute. We need to tell everybody. Oh, my God. I'm in love. I'm in love with a Norwegian. He is fine. Damn. What? Wait a minute. Let's take a step back so everybody knows. We are talking to the one, the only, the legendary Miss Tiffany Tiffany Jones. Jones. (laughs) (laughs) Our blast from the past. I know. I know. It's not a blast from the past. It was just last year. <laughs> Listen, my year has gotten so good. It's unbelievable. So I just got back from Norway three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I have a Norwegian boyfriend. He is so sexy. Ooh, do tell, honey. I believe I've seen him on Instagram. Oh. He's a ginger. Oh. Don't be jealous. 
Amanda, what's going on with you? Thomas, what's going on with you? I don't have long to chat, but... Yeah, we just wanted to... Give me the tea. Well, like I was telling you, we'd gotten several emails of people asking what you were doing, what you were up to, yeah. how you're doing, and I thought this would be a perfect surprise. We talk about you all the time. I don't know if you're listening regularly, but you come up a lot. Yes. Yes. Oh, my goodness. That is so amazing. I'm in development with a travel show starting in Norway. Woohoo! Wow. Yes. But, you know, these things start to start and stop and... I'm quick to start something and start something and stop it. So, but I don't have too much power in this one. So it looks like it's going forward, which is great. Fantastic. I may be leaving the country for good. Oh no! What? Well, that means with that. No, well, thing, the country is going to burn down anyway. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> well, that you know what that means. That means that means that we can come and visit you. Yes, it is beautiful. And the boys, oh my God. Oh, Lord. Talk about burly men. <laughs> <laughs> well, that also means we're going to have to get our asses to New York before she leaves. No shit. Yes. Yes, for sure. I won't be leaving until like August. Okay, so we will we'll put that together because, you yeah. know, um, a mutual friend of both of ours, DJ Lena, has requested our presence to come as well. And mm -hmm. we wanted you to sit in and kind of co-host the whole thing. Let's do it. Let's do it. When is it. this going to happen? Well, we're putting we're still putting it together, but now that we have a deadline, yes. we're going to have to meet that deadline because we why would we come to New York and not see you? I know. And then I have to tell my boyfriend to come so he can see you guys, too. He's a, he's a famous musician in Norway. Really? Oh. He has this... Oh, good. I know the show is all about me, but right now... <laughs> hey, wait a minute. I thought it was all about me. Come on now. <laughs> no, Miranda, once you see this man, it's going to be all about him. Ah. Oh, my God. I'm losing my baby mama. <laughs> you are. Yeah, your baby mama has left the building. <laughs> <laughs> it is that kind of day. Oh, not no. today, Jesus. She not wants, today, Jesus. Kids and everything. Uh -huh. it's not, it wouldn't be the first time. Oh, no. Then I'm going to I'm gonna have to update my passport. You know how many extra photos are going to have to be taken to get my wig in that passport pic picture? <laughs> oh, my God. That would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> with the wig. <laughs> well, actually, my wig. multiple wigs. Well, actually, okay? my, my wig actually has a separate passport, so that, that usually works. It travels on its own. <laughs> a wig port. A wig port. Yeah. That is, that is awesome. So, but everyone's good. I mean, I'm just, I always feel like I hit the lottery when someone wants to, like, talk to me or know what's going on in my life and well you did hit the, good things so. you did hit the lottery you did certainly did honey you hit the ginger lottery well i'm just <laughs> you know i'm just living my life trying to stay out of trump way and we need to give you a big thank you because you know <laughs> since you've been on the show mm -hmm. we have kind of mysteriously grown by leaps and bounds and it's a partly because of you mm -hmm. oh that's so awesome yes Really? Yes, we just had. So what do I win? Do I win something? Well, I sent you your T-shirt, and you were supposed to send me a picture, and you never did. I did get the T-shirt, but you didn't send the picture. Yeah, what the what? <laughs> oh God! Okay, I'm gonna send you a picture. <laughs> that's that's the real reason I wanted you to call to spank you a little bit about the T-shirt. <laughs> I'll send you a picture as soon as we. 
Well, I have to go home put the t-shirt on then, you know. Yes, do it. Nothing, yes. nothing else but yes. the t-shirt. That'll be fantastic. Give us one of those, you know, those uh, no pants, uh, no pants uh, Mondays t-shirt or <laughs> something like that. What do they call awesome. it? <laughs> and and put your finger between your teeth. You know that that whole look you're so good at. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas, will I see you Fire Island this summer? You damn well better. When are you going? I Can you will. Say that on air? Well, let's not do that on air. I'll just <laughs> I'll text. <you. laughs> but I will text you because I am. I would love to see you back out there, and I of course have been talking to Miss Reeves and putting that all together. So we are oh, we're, good. We we so want to come out and see you and and everyone else that uh, that we've had a chance to talk to down in New York City and um, bring a little bit of Cleveland over there. Yes. I know. Yes, and we and we know. I, I, I thought the Warriors were going to win the other night, man. I have so many lunch dates. Wow. Well, you know, Wait, we're, the Warriors isn't that that is Cleveland, right? No, no. that's Golden State. <laughs> that that's California, honey. We're the Cavaliers. No, that's the Cavaliers. I'm so out of it. But we love you anyway. Well, I love you, too. I can't talk long. I know, I know. Thank you for calling. Yes, and we love you, love you. Thank you. Oh, Tiffany, honey, love you to pieces, baby. Talk to you soon. I'm going to send you a picture of my boyfriend. You Mm -hmm. better. In the the Tit for Tat Show (laughs) t-shirt. I will. Put it on him after you. Right. (laughs) No, I'll just fit both of us in it. Oh. And pantsless, too. (laughs) She's a tease, this one. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Love you. Love you, love you too, too, baby. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Hello, everyone. This is Lance Weiss. You're listening to the Tit for Tat show. Uh, my favorite show in all of Cleveland. Uh, so uh, thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy something here. Veranda. Yes, darling. How excited are you for our next guest? I'm so excited. I think I just peed a little. Well, that's not the first time oh, okay. that happened. <laughs> okay, so we are unbelievably fortunate to have yeah. our next guest, yeah. a New York Times best-selling author. <gasps> Number two. Our second New York Times yeah. best-selling, and even more importantly than that, best-selling author for something that is so up your alley, you yeah. are going to scream. Yeah. It is Mr. Jim Colucci. Woohoo! New York Times best-selling author of Golden Girls Forever. Whoa! Yes. If you don't have this book, you're not gay. Yeah, <laughs> your gay card needs to be taken away, right? You take it away, <laughs> Mr. Colucci. Uh, how are you? We are so good. We're so happy to have you. Yes. I'm so happy to be here with someone named Veranda Lanai, my, <laughs> my new favorite name. What ethnicity is Lanai? How did you get that name? What ethnic, where did that come from, ethnic-wise? You know what? I think the Lanai family came from the Cheesecake Islands. Yes. In, in the South Pacific somewhere. <laughs> no, I, I want to go to there. <laughs> the reality is, the last time she passed out was on a Lanai, and it just stuck. It, <laughs> That's right. It's written across her forehead. <laughs> I, I do have an affinity for pink flamingo, plastic pink flamingos, and 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 palm trees. So here you go. And apparently speaking oh, as well. This is perfect. <laughs> so we want to hear all about this amazing yes. book. Well, it boy, it's ten years in the making. So I'm so glad wow. to be able to share it with everybody now because. Yeah. For 10 years, I was in my own little Golden Girls cocoon, which actually is not such a bad place to be. But I'm so glad that everybody else now gets to see there really is a book, and, and also, seriously, to share the wealth that I found about the Golden Girls, because I had written a previous book about Will and Grace, and so I knew from doing that and from just other journalism work that I've done 
how often there are amazing stories about shows that are still out there with the cast and crew and materials that are still out there. And as time goes by, we might lose those. And with something as beloved as the Golden Girls, mm-hmm. I really wanted to capture that for posterity because the show is going to go on for posterity. The show is attracting generations of fans that weren't even born when the original was on. Yeah. And it's going to continue to do that. It's on, you know, however many times a day on three cable networks right now, never mind being available on DVD and on demand and all the other ways you can watch it. So the show's going to keep going on, and I wanted the stories to go on, too. You know, and, and that's that's amazing to hear, especially when you have such a, a very small, tight-knit cast that you're, you know, you're bound to grow these relationships between, you know, those four castmates, just like Will and Grace. Those those four main castmates, and I'm sure they were they were fantastic, fantastic stories. There were, there were, and that was on. A, that was a show that, of course, you know, it's. I think it's also destined to be a classic, but it may not even be as broadly appealing as the Golden Girls in mm-hmm. posterity, and it was more recent. Now, picture, you know, going back and talking to people like Betty White and B. Arthur and Rue McClanahan about the wealth of their careers and what it meant to be Golden Girls at that point in their lives, and then the decades that had passed since where the show had only grown more popular and fans came up to them even more. So, yeah, it was. I, I got to hear amazing stuff and, and find amazing stuff. That was the other thing. I spoke to people who worked behind the scenes, directors, the costume designer of the show who gave me so many of her original sketches mm. for the book and getting to talk to her about each outfit that we remember and why certain things were pieced together the way they were or done in certain colors because, of course, we all remember some of the famous and even infamous outfits the Golden Girls wore. <laughs> oh, yes. And also speaking to the production designer about sets that we remember. What other sitcom can you think of where you remember sets that were just episodic, just weekly sets that were so iconic. I mean, we can all picture what the Rusty Anchor looked like. Totally. Mm-hmm. And what other sitcom can you say that they went to a place once and you can still remember it? Yeah. yeah. In a red sequin dress. <laughs> I, I do yeah. remember it. Yes. So, so explain to us the best that you can, why has this become so ingrained in our culture, especially for LGBT community, but but of course, way beyond that. But what was it about this show that has so endeared it to everybody? Well, I think the general answer for the general audience is that it's show. When you put together Susan Harris and those amazing writers, and some of them were up-and-coming writers who went on to do amazing things like Mitchell Horowitz and Mark Cherry, when you put together the quality of the writing, the quality of the concept, and then four heavy hitters like you had in B., Betty, Rue, and Estelle, it's just, it creates greatness. So I, I just think that really it's a quality thing, mm. that it is a funny, fun show, and uh, it's really appealing to people of any age, and they find it, and it's still, it's kind of timeless, because although they they did a few uh, uh, contemporary references of their time, there weren't so many that it doesn't play on and on and on, and, and themes that continue to play. But then I think also for the gay audience, the big issue is that we, well, we love camp. We love the fact that they look great when they wake up at 2 in the morning and they're <laughs> supposedly restless and they couldn't sleep and they're in full hair and makeup. So we love the way that they look great and we love that they have witty responses to everything. But I also, and sometimes bitchy responses, but I really think that it's a, the core of the LGBT appeal of the show is that, like lots of gay people, 
they created their family. Yes, mm-hmm. two of them are biologically related, but the other two are not. And it's about that fantasy of growing old and forever having your loved ones around you, people who have your back, whom you chose, who you know will always be there for you, and you know, into your dotage, to the point where they talk about how they would mortgage the house to take care of each other. Right. Yeah. And that's... And, and, picture growing all that way, plus having fabulous dates and always having the, vol- having the volunteer vanguard awards to go to whenever you want to get dressed up. <laughs> oh my God, I just love talking to you yeah. right now. That, that, just, that just hits the nail on the head as, as to the symbolic nature that we all, you know, and we were talking about this earlier that, you know, which, which you know, the whole, which golden girl would you be and, and what kind of personality traits do you, you recognize, you know, your, your own self to be and it, it it does transcend be beyond, you know, just our community. I think everyone loves the fact that they can be. They know they're going to be that 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 uh, that little Estelle Getty with the with the coin purse talking, saying pitch, picture at Cleveland, you know, nineteen seventy four, you know, whatever. So it's yeah. pretty cute. Well, and they all are by design. The four characters are different uh, parts of a of a of a whole personality. I mean, we all have the smart times. We all have the naive times and the slutty, slutty times and the wisecracking times. But they are, you know, some of the writers uh, whom I interviewed and who talk about it in the book will talk about how uh, there are actual personality diagnoses that you could call them. One is the baby. One is the emotional. There are, there are actual schools of thought about the types of people that the Golden Girls represent that had existed before, but the Golden Girls match those models very well. So there is an academic way of looking at it, but when you really look at it just common sense-wise, we all have those elements of us. And so by isolating them into those four characters, they become, as Betty White often calls them, four points on a compass. Yeah. And they really balance each other out. And I think it shows how much they balance each other out that when B left the show and it became Golden Palace, it felt so lopsided. Yeah. yeah. Because it was, they were missing the smart part of them. And it was just left to the, the slut and the wisecracker and the naive person to carry the show. And I, I really think that there's just magic to that formula of those four types of personalities together. They really, they need each other to balance. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we saw it later with other shows that copied it. Designing right. Women was brilliant, but it really, they did consciously look at the Golden Girls when creating that show. Linda Bloodworth Thomason did. And it was uh, certainly on the minds of the creators of Sex in the City and Desperate Housewives, which was, again, Mark Cherry. Mm-hmm. And so many shows that went on decades later that really looked to the Golden Girls to say, look how brilliantly that worked. Let's really not reinvent the wheel. Let's find a new way to, sh- to tell that kind of story with those kinds of characters. Yeah. And, and one of the fascinating things, and here's where you're going to spill the tea a little bit, is that away from the camera, things were not always as golden. No, and they weren't. They never are on a show, though. <laughs> okay. That's it. I mean, that's the thing to me that's not quite a surprise, because in what workplace do co-workers get along 100% of the time? Hollywood or not, just take it to your own workplace. I, can, I mean, there are times in any workplace, and I remember when I worked in an ad agency where I'd hang up the phone and just say, what an idiot. You yeah. know, just, so I'm not surprised. And any time I've worked on uh, a story about a show, including writing the book about Will and Grace, you find out little nitpicks and quibbles that people have with each other. And Golden Girls was no different. Now, for a long time, because Betty White is so sweet and grandmotherly and does like putting a happy face on things because she likes just being, a, uh, I think, a force of sunshine in the world, 
she didn't really own up to that there were problems on the set with any any of the actresses at any time. And I think it has come out despite that over the years to the point where now Betty even said, I think it was on Larry King's show, she even acknowledged that uh, B. Arthur didn't necessarily like her. She said she loves B to this day, loves B in her memory, but uh, but B had a problem with Betty, and I think that part of that was just they were diametrically opposed mm-hmm. in their personalities. B was a complicated lady, and I loved getting to spend time with her for this book because I really feel like I got just enough time to kind of break through and see the real her and really fall in love with the real her in a way that I didn't even know I expected to. I wanted to fall in love with her just to her to be Betty. Betty, you fall in love with instantly because she's so nice. And you you go into it as a fan, and then you see she's wonderful on top of that, and it's so easy. With B, I didn't know I was going to fall in love with her. I knew I would always love her as a fan, but I thought, you know, she could be a difficult woman. And I think I had just enough time to break through to see the real B, which was that B was imposing. She had an imposing exterior. She scared people sometimes. They thought she was gruff and mean and and strong, and all things that kind of could put people off, particularly in a sexist way about a woman. And the, the irony of that is that on the inside, she was anything but strong. She was very vulnerable. She was a soft touch. She loved people. I think she could easily be brought to tears over a sad story about somebody. Uh, and she also just could be brought to tears when somebody insulted her. And I think that the way people thought the way to engage with her was to be rough with her. Mm-hmm. And that was the absolute wrong approach, really. Um, but I think that when you put together personalities like that, Betty and B where Betty is so sweet on the outside, but really strong on the inside, and I admire that, and B is the opposite, strong on the outside and vulnerable on the inside, they just are bound not to really see eye to eye, including in the ways they approach the work, coincidentally, because Betty is so brilliant at memorizing lines and incorporating any changes you throw at her at any point in the week of the process of the week of a sitcom. And B was much more clinging to the script until the last minute, and working it out in a different process. And they just they just had different styles. And I think that B's own internal bullshit detector, she called it, and she couldn't stand bullshit. I think Betty set off her bullshit detector in a way that she probably shouldn't. <laughs> because I don't think having inner strength but 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 being gracious is bullshit, but B did. Mm-hmm. And you put it all together and I think that they just they didn't necessarily get along that that being said, you can see so many interviews where they're joking with each other lovingly. There are so many stories where they stood up for each other. There are stories where B wouldn't go to the dinner break between the two tapings of any Golden Girls episode because they would do it twice, and there'd be a dinner break in between where they'd get notes. B wouldn't go off to that dinner without finding Betty and taking her by the hand. I think they knew to stick together. Even mm-hmm. if they knew they had a different approach and different personalities, they knew we're in this together, and as long as we're standing side by side, we can make it work which I admire that more than any, than wanting to hear any about any uh, difficulties. Wow, that's fantastic. I mean, <clears throat> you you have all those personalities. It's just just like Thomas and I. We 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 bitch and fight at each other all the time and but we do love each other. And we make sure that you know everything everything happens the right way and but we don't eat a lot of cheesecake together. That's the only bad thing. So we should. You know, we well, should. Which one black doesn't tolerate? I mean, there's always somebody who ruins it. Like I can't eat dairy. Well, speaking of, did w- there was a rumor? My husband. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, there was a, a rumor that uh, that B. Arthur did not like cheesecake. She ate 
that that's so funny. Yes, it, they all said they all said things to me that I used in the book in a, in a like kind of funny way to have them all comment on the same thing in in succession. That um, Betty said something about Rue, which I'm sure Rue did not care for, but they were friends and she was teasing her. Betty said that whenever they had a, a, a scene where there was eating to be done, Rue took it as a license to steal. <laughs> that it would be like. The calories don't count. If I have to eat pasta, sure, I'll eat pasta. If I have to eat cheesecake, sure, I'll eat cheesecake. Now, Rue would claim that she'd fake taking a bite and then throw some food on the floor so that it would look like a bite had been taken. I think I believe Betty that Rue just really enjoyed the cheesecake. <laughs> Betty says she enjoyed the cheesecake, too, but also didn't want to talk with a mouthful and use all the Hollywood techniques of pretending to eat so that you know you, know you could get your line out. And B just said, damn, why couldn't they have picked something else? I hate cheesecake, and I always have. Wow. <laughs> so did you truly like all four of them? I didn't get to meet Estelle Getty, and I, okay. I really wish I had, but she was ill, you know, not too long after the Golden Girls ended. Uh, and so by the late 90s, she did a few, you know, if you notice, she did uh, Stuart Little, it was yep. a voiceover role, because even with memory problems, you can do a voiceover role with the script in front of you. She did uh, an appearance on a sitcom that Betty was a regular on and Rue was guest on called Ladies' Man in the late 90s, I think it was 99 or 2000, uh, where Estelle came in in the tag of the sitcom episode and really had to be led in because she was kind of frail. So by, even by that point, Estelle was not well. So when I was doing this book research starting in 2006, unfortunately she wasn't well enough to talk to, and I talked to her son and her caretakers and her friends and other people in her life to really get to know her through them. But uh, the other three, my God, what a, talk about going to fantasy camp, getting to spend the day with each of them. And in each case, it turned out to be in their homes. So it, I, mm. I hadn't necessarily anticipated that, but it, I really got to sit in each of their living rooms and look around at the, what the art on the walls and talk to them for a whole afternoon. And uh, it really said a lot about their personalities. And that's the moment where you really can't believe that you, ha- you get to do this as a job. And you pinch yourself and you have a surreal moment like, am I really about to go rummaging through B. Arthur's kitchen drawers looking for a corkscrew <laughs> so we can have some wine? Wow. I mean, that's the moments where you're like, wow. You know, and it makes up for the fact that as a journalist, you don't get much of a paycheck, but you do get those moments. Yeah. And, and uh, Rue and Betty have had a long career together, working together. You know, I'm sure they've got some fantastic stories to tell with, you know, Mama's family and, and all the other shows that they, they were on together. Mary Tyler Moore. Uh, Mary, yeah, I mean, it's just it, it, phenomenal to hear. It would be nice to sit down and hear those stories about all those other actors and people that, that we're familiar with over time. Um, yes, and Rue and B too, because they were on Mod together. Right, right. Mm-hmm. But yes, I mean, those were three veterans of TV. And uh, Betty practically was around when they turned on the first television. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah you're right. Because she was born in 1922 and lived in Los Angeles. And mm-hmm. so when they, that industry started in the 40s in Los Angeles, she was here doing live television. So that woman is the history of television. Yeah, yeah. And Rue, too, a bit younger than Betty, but she did a lot of theater, but she also got an early start doing some television. So, And B was more theater in the beginning, but then, of course came to TV with All in the Family and Maud and, and never stopped. So the three of them just were, yeah, they were kind of a Rolodex for all the actors of their generation. Because One of them had crossed paths with just about everybody, and they had a story. Well, and I had heard originally Betty and Rue were supposed to be in each other's roles. They were. They were. Isn't that amazing to picture that that no, could have happened? No, you can't, it, yeah. It makes sense. 
And now we can't because they were so brilliant. But it makes sense that that's what was originally planned because Betty had just come off of the Mary Tyler Moore show playing right. the Nymphomaniac, right. playing the Maneater. So, of course, they thought, oh, she'll be Blanche. And Rue had come off of Maud and had come off of Mama's Family, both times playing characters who were more of a second banana, who were a little more naive, a little bit more put upon. And so Rose, especially because Rose was the most underwritten of the characters in the original pilot. Everybody else, Dorothy, you could, especially it said a B. Arthur type in the script, you could picture who Dorothy was. Mm -hmm. And you could picture who Blanche was because it said she was more Southern than Blanche Dubois. So you could picture that she was a Southern male who was a nymphomaniac. And you could picture who Sophia was, even though she wasn't meant to be a, a regular character in the beginning. So, but Rose, they just said, oh, she's naive and from Minnesota, and that doesn't give an actor as much to work with. So uh, when Rue was offered the part of Rose, or offered to read for the part of Rose, I should say, she had read the script and was set on Blanche in her mind, and her manager had to tell her, uh, Betty White's got Blanche locked up. You have to read for Rose, or you're not going to get to do the show. And she'd lost out on roles like that before, including on Soap. So she didn't want to lose a good show just because she had her heart broken about not being Blanche. So she agreed, and thank God she did, because when she went in to read for the pilot's director, Jay Sandrich, she read her the role of Rose for him, and his feedback for her was, you're fabulous, but I don't for one second believe that you're innocent. Wow. So <laughs> why don't you go off in the other room and do an experiment for me, study the Blanche lines, and come back here and try that. And Rue was like, that was music to her ears. It was what she <laughs> fantasized that somebody would say. So she's like, oh, okay, I'll do that. And then they had to break it to Betty that we'd rather Rue be, be glad. And Betty was a good sport about it, didn't love that news either because she didn't know what to do with Rose originally because, she again, she knew how to play Blanche. And thank God they got Betty to play Rose. Who could have played dumber? <laughs> I always say it takes somebody brilliant to play dumb. Yeah. And Betty is a brilliant woman. And she just, as she and, and Rue have both said on occasion, she just kind of let her eyes go blank for seven years. Wow. And just where, where you couldn't see the intelligence behind her eyes. And that gave her license to say some of the dumbest things and, and really sell them as yeah. jokes. Yeah. Did, did, did Betty ever lead on to the, did she ever ad-lib any of those St. Olaf stories? No. I, Betty would talk about how they, she would dread reading in the newspaper any any Scandinavian name or anything goofy <laughs> because she'd be like, oh, God, here it comes. And sure enough, often it would show up in a St. Olaf story. And, of course, in the beginning, the St. Olaf stories weren't quite as ludicrous as they grew to become. Yeah. In, the, in one of the early episodes, uh, it was called The Way We Met, the finale of season one. She tells a St. Olaf story about the herring circus, which was really ridiculous. But that <laughs> yes. was meant to be. The point of that story was that Rose tells ridiculous stories and they laugh at her. By the end of the series, the writers, particularly the latter-day writers who came in with season five, uh, were trying to one-up themselves all the time and having St. Olaf become a more and more bizarre and surreal place. And Betty would have to get through those stories without breaking. And she would know that the other girls would be looking at her, waiting for her to break. And so she would say that, she would try to tell the story then look over their heads because she knew <laughs> if I look at them, I'm going to break and they're going to like, they're going to be like, ha ha, we knew we got you. So she would just, Betty would soldier through those stories, deliberately not making eye contact until she could get through the, the most ridiculous lines at, until the end. Wow. <laughs> 
So what what is and this is probably going to be a hard question for you. Which was your favorite episode? Uh, that changes constantly. Oh, People ask me all the time. <laughs> yeah. it's, just, it's so hard because I'll see an episode and it, sometimes it's just one line that I just think is so brilliant, and then other times it'll be oh that was a smart way to tell the story. You know they. I have episodes that are I, I I love because they're smart way to tell top stories. Mm-hmm. Any epi- any show that can tackle AIDS and still make jokes, or can tackle the death of a family member and still make jokes and balance it and still make us not feel guilty for laughing at the jokes, is brilliantly written. And so, seventy two hours, which is Rose's AIDS, Rose's AIDS scare, is brilliant. Um, the one where Dorothy's brother dies is brilliant. Called the Eptide's Revenge. Yeah. Uh, I love ones that are really done for more laughs, like Ladies of the Evening, with uh, where the girls are arrested because they're mistaken for hookers. Yeah. And Burt Reynolds makes a cameo. I mean, you can, those are two great things. Uh, and then things, lines that just make me laugh. The, the episode where uh, it's in the beginning of season seven, where Blanche's boyfriend, it's a Bull Durham takeoff, and Blanche's boyfriend, whom she's been coaching, and also teaching how to wear ladies' lingerie, yep. decides he's going to, as part of the episode, is going to break up with her because he's moving to Japan to play for their baseball teams. And Rose walks into the living room after Blanche has broken this news to Dorothy, and Rose says, why, something like, why does everybody look so upset? And Dorothy says, oh, Stevie's leaving Blanche for Tokyo, Rose. <laughs> Betty, again, she could sell the dumbest line and make it brilliant. She just says, Oh, well, that's understandable. She is a big radio personality. <laughs> I mean, the fact that they could make a Tokyo Rose joke, yeah. you know, four decades after anybody probably knew who she was, and they could sell it. I just, I laughed just thinking about that. But there are moments, there are moments that, that things remind me every day of little Golden Girls moments, yeah. and I have a little laugh for myself, and I, that's a treasure. When you can have a show that can make you laugh at stupid things that would otherwise drive you crazy throughout the day, go with it. Mm-hmm. Well, what's amazing is I know every detail of every single episode you just talked about. That is amazing. Mm-hmm. I love it. A real devoted fan. I mean, I, you've wasted. I mean, uh, well spent many half hours of your life. <laughs> but I think I think most people can do yeah. that. I mean, oh you, yeah, right? Yep. Yeah. It, I I always. Oh, it, it is incredible. I just I love I see I see the picture of the house in my head I see the ferns I see the lanai the lanai everything uh-huh. I see everything and it's just it's just it's so ingrained in our own person and how many people do you do you know that actually say you know you know off to you know shady pines and and all those little little taglines that always get you know picture at Sicily and it just we all we all do that it's all part of our, our uh, vernacular it's anymore part of our lexicon mm-hmm. now but mm-hmm. it's I find it even funny that even some of the obscure things people really don't have to think too long to realize what you're talking about the other day uh, the one of my friends who's uh, the star of baby daddy Melissa Peterman was kind enough to take a picture of John Shuck, the actor uh, who was in one of the Golden Girls episodes, holding up a copy of the book. And she sent it to me, and I tweeted it out, and I said, here's Gil Kessler with the book, or yeah. something like that. Yeah. I didn't really have to tell people anything no. more than here's Gil Kessler. They didn't, I mean, they, Gil Kessler, we know who that is. That's the guy who was running for office, and people thought Blanche slept with him, and it <laughs> turned out he was a trans man. I mean, you don't really have to even tell people who that is, because... They only have to think for a second before they realize what you're talking about. And again, that's so rare for a TV show that yeah. it's that top of mind 20-something years since it ended. 
Yeah. And and to think now that we've got all these little things like the 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 Funko dolls that, that are all all the, oh, the Golden Girls. And yeah. I hope that that Lego puts out the Lego Golden Girls set that would be hysterical. They're not going to. I oh, hate to break the bad news. Darn. I just I'm like I every know, time I saw that put I'm like I I want this so bad. I want to sit there and play with it. <laughs> it's just what I want to do. Do you, do you have I think the maker of that his name is Samuel Hatmaker. He's a uh, a toy designer in New York. And I think he should just make custom commissions for people. I don't think Lego is going to mass produce it. There's probably licensing reasons why they sure. aren't. But I think he should. I think people should get in touch with this guy. If you want a Golden Girls living room, you know, you let him know. If you want to see what it looks like, it's in the book. I, yeah. I had a little interview with him, and you know, again, he's a devoted super fan, and I love that. I, I just that's one of my favorite things, and actually, I just recently did a show here in town, and it was called "Ladies in Their 80s and it we all did these different skits, and two of the other drag entertainers, we both we all played Golden Girls, and I was Dorothy, and I we had the Blanche, and we had the uh, you know the um, uh, Rose, and it was so funny because someone actually came up and she actually brought her mother's wicker purse with her because she knew she was coming to this show and she put it up on stage for her. She said, this is for Estelle Getty. And I mean, it was just, it was, so, it was so fabulous. I mean, it was just so, everyone loves the show. It's fantastic. And, and you're not the only men to want to play these girls because one of the other phenomena that I found is that there are drag troops across the country Putting on this, putting on the Golden Girls, just doing episodes verbatim sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes writing new material, which is probably not kosher, but who cares? Nobody stopped them. So, but they're funny, and they're you know they're, either way they're funny, and and people who have really really talented drag performers who have studied the mannerisms of B and Betty and Rue and Estelle and and really captured their essence, and they're done uh, every once in a while in L.A. There's a great troupe here that does it at Casita del Campo. Uh, Provincetown, they do it every summer. It's mm-hmm. just—it's amazing. You can still go experience this with fans and have kind of a live experience where you all commune about your love of the Golden Girls uh, every summer and and many times throughout the year. I love it. Okay, Jim Colucci, we are going to take a minute now and we are going to break from talking about the Golden Girls and we are going to talk about Jim Colucci. Yes. Okay. And what we're going to do. My favorite topic now. Yes. <laughs> and the way we do that. I, I have, we have a game show we like to do here on the show, and it gets our audience a chance to learn a little bit more about you, and maybe you'll learn a little bit more about yourself. You never know. So it's actually called oh, the. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Therapy. Uh-huh, it's therapy. <laughs> <laughs> it's called the Tit for Tat This or That. Um, so we're going to give you uh, two things, and you know, an either or, and you get to pick one. You can expound upon it, or you can move on, and we'll go to the next one. Okay. All right. So you ready? Yeah. All right, Jim Colucci. The first one is under this the this or that game. It's writing or reading. Oh, reading. Writing is hard. Writing is hard. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This next. You know, you have to really. I. I write, as they say, it's a cliche, but it's so much better having written than writing. Uh, I love, like, when I finish something, I'm about to turn it in, be like, look at that, look what I just did. But the, the process, oh my God, I'd much rather sit and read a book. <laughs> okay, and the next one was your husband's favorite. Um, armpits or feet? <laughs> Ooh, feet. Oh. I mean, armpits are guaranteed to be smelly. r and B or dance? Uh, R&B, I, I, uh, dance music sometimes, I, I, actually I do really like dance music mostly, 
But uh, R&B are really are some of my favorite songs. Okay, Tonys or Academy Awards? Oh, good one. You know, I normally would... Uh, Tonys are so top of mind because they just happened. But yeah. I normally would say Academy Awards because it's more people get to see movies than they do, especially with ticket prices, see the theater. So I feel it's more a common experience when you go online and you, you talk about the dresses or you talk about the stars. I think that everybody is in on it. Whereas the Tonys sometimes become more limited. But then again, we just went through the Tony Awards after this horrible event in Orlando. And they met the awards and seeing everybody wearing those ribbons, whether it's a, just a gesture or not, but seeing them all so visibly upset and coming together and seeing the talent that exists in that theater community, yeah. people who can sing and dance and all while upside down and underwater. When you go to a play these days or a musical, you just marvel at the, the talent that exists. I think I would have to say the Tonys. Okay. At this point, I have to say the Tonys. Okay. Uh, Versace or Dolce? Uh, well, I, I was lucky enough to get to meet Versace, and I thought he was a hoot. I sound like an old lady thing. He was hilarious. He was great. He was hilarious. And, and even though his stuff is uh, the, the, his stuff and the the stuff that followed was from the house of Versace is sometimes so over the top. I love it. And Dolce, you know, with all their comments about uh, gay people and families, I'm certainly not choosing them. So I'm definitely Versace. Good. That was a trick question. Uh, <laughs> New York City or L.A.? Oh boy. I love. I really sound like an old lady. I, you can swear on the show, and I've said like, "Gosh, and oh boy, what's wrong with me?" I don't even know. Like a, a fucking sailor. Um, I I'm gonna say LA at this point. I lived in New York for 17 years, and I grew up outside New York, so maybe I take it for granted a little bit. But New York, I'm a real fair weather friend too. On a beautiful, perfect, sunny, warm day, I love being in New York, and I love the melting pot aspect of it that rich and poor were all walking the same sidewalks and you really you can be having a crappy day and then run into somebody you know and they take you somewhere and you all of a sudden things are turned around for you so i love all that about new york but new york has become so unaffordable yeah and and those sunny days are few and far between and i love being in la where you have warmth and sunshine and still great people and and interesting industries going on and tv and film so, you know, I think it's evidenced by the fact that uh, Frank and I live by coastally between New Jersey and L.A., but we choose to spend a lot more time in L.A. It means I pick L.A. <laughs> okay. All right. Shady Pines or Golden Palace? <laughs> well, Shady Pines was supposed to be horrible, but I think we found out that Sophia exaggerated, and nobody picks Golden Palace anymore. I mean, come on. Golden Palace, even the writers of Golden Palace, and now tell me they realized what a mistake that show was. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, no. Shady Pines, Ma, all the way. All right. All right. Cocktail or wine? Um, wine. I really love Pinot Grigio and white wine. I'm a little bit of a, a lightweight, so I, I pick wine. That's what I picked with B, that, by the way. That was my choice during my day with B. Arthur, oh. which was I had promised her. I really had to cajole her to get the interview, and that's a whole long story, but I had to phone stalk the woman to get her to agree to sit and talk Golden Girls with me. And when she finally did agree, it was on the condition that afterward I would stay and have a drink with her. And it was getting to the point where I had to return the rental car, and I didn't have that much time. And she was living in a rental house that her kids had found for her because they were renovating her, her real house. And so even though it was just kind of bare bones furnished with rental furniture, she had fully stocked the liquor cabinet. <laughs> and when she said, what do you want? I picked the white wine. It seemed like the easiest 
to uh, navigate with then having to return the rental car. And also just a nice thing to sit around and share a bottle of wine with me. And it was a bottle of wine. She found the biggest balloon goblets I've ever seen. Awesome. Split one bottle of wine between two glasses. So we, uh, <laughs> we had some, we had some uh, quality time, just her and me, with her bare feet up on her coffee table, making small talk after the Golden Girls. Awesome. Stan or Miles? Oh, Miles. I mean, Stan's yucks charm is supposed to be endearing. And I know, I think as audience members, we like him because we can see that Dorothy still likes him. So it was a really good trick in writing and acting. But Miles was actually just a good catch. A nice looking older guy with a decent job and he was funny. Okay, size matters or keep it average? Or keep it average? Yes. <laughs> uh, I would have to say keep it average. Come on. After after a certain point, what do you need? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see here. Hug me or kiss me? Um, it's for some people I say kiss me, but not a lot. Okay. Bowie or Jagger? I'm sorry, say it again. Bowie or Jagger? Oh, Bowie or Jagger. Oh, I'm going to go Bowie. Yes. I, I love the air of mystery about him and the, the 70s kind of pioneering sexuality. I mean, I like them both. I, yeah. It's a hard choice, but I'm going to go Bowie. Dorothy's shoulder pads or Blanche's caftans? Or Blanche's caftan? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Blanche's caftans are more in right now. Yeah. So I would have to say, and I, you know, I think I could, I could rock that, especially if I've been eating too much cheesecake. <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to go with the caftans. Okay, St. Olaf or Sicily? Oh, uh... <laughs> St. Olaf sounds like a fascinating place to visit. Yeah. Uh, but for a short amount of time. Okay. I think it would be very frustrating. And in real life, I mean, Sicily is on the top of a travel, my travel list at any point. Any place in Italy, you could, you could tell me, you're going to Italy tomorrow and I will pack. Oh, uh, right. Sicily. Uh, Henny Penny or Turkey Lurkey? <laughs> uh, well, Henny Penny's a moron and caused problems for everybody else. <laughs> so, I'm going to pick Turkey Lurkey, and because anytime you see B. Arthur in turkey feathers, it's a win. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right, muscles are toned? Muscles. Oh. No explanation needed. Okay. All right, now. Uh, <laughs> black and white or color? Color. I mean, yeah, black and white's charming in The Wizard of Oz in the beginning and whatever, and the, uh, yeah, I guess it makes films classic, but um, color. Okay, big spender. Um, I, you know, I, I like the Golden Girls. They were in color. Yeah. Big spender or big saver? I should say big saver because that would be smarter, but I'm terrible at saving myself, so I have to say big spender. Let's enjoy life while we have it. Okay. Uh, sports gear or leather gear? Well, I hate just about every sport. Oh. Um, I've just been bad at them and don't understand the appeal of watching them. Um, I guess I'm going to say leather gear, but I have no experience in that area. Oh, we need to see Jim Colucci in leather gear. Oh, right? see, there we go. Oh, uh, I don't think we do. I think <laughs> we, uh, we'd be disappointed in that. Okay, hairy or smooth? Um, boy, that depends on the person. Okay. I mean, I in general, I would say smooth, but that doesn't mean that, please, I mean, my husband and I are hairy Italians. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. Drag king or drag queen? Easy. Drag queen. There drag you go. Queen. There we go. Okay, boxers or briefs? Um, 
I don't quite understand the point of boxers because they aren't very comfortable. So I'm yeah. a bruised. All right. All right. You just finished the tit for tat, this or that game. Hello? <laughs> oh, <yes. laughs> we finished the game and that's it. You, you say goodbye. No. no. No, we just said you, you, we learned a little bit more about you and now our, our listeners, our titty tats know a little bit more about you as well. So do you feel, do you feel like you get some little, uh, catharsis there or something off your chest? I do. I feel like I know myself so much better. I've never <laughs> been to me. <laughs> what can I tell you, Jim? Um, Veranda here also edited the rather risque questions out of the group. I must tell you. So there must be some level of respect that she has for you. Oh, really? Oh, my God. You mean they get dirtier? Yes, they do. Well, there was, <laughs> there was just the tip or balls deep, and she cut that one out. <laughs> but Frank didn't get so fortunate, so I don't know what that says. <laughs> Frank, you know, Frank can take it, please. He had a radio show for 12 years where it was all no holds barred. He's heard it all. You just said been, Frank can take it. I've been watching it. the Golden Girls. With that. They have broadcast standards for language, so you, you have to... Keep it in with me. <laughs> oh my god! And I just want to be the two of you's nephew. How's that? Right. I would just love that. Oh, you know our real nephew. I wonder if we embarrass him. You know? <laughs> he's seventeen, and uh, he, he's going to. I'm doing a book signing in New Jersey in a few weeks, and he's going to come. So I will deliberately embarrass him with how much he can take. Oh, he's very fortunate <laughs> to have both of you. You've both been amazing. Well, thank you. Give him my number if he doesn't believe that. <laughs> I, I have a feeling I shouldn't be giving you any 17 year old boys <laughs> you don't know me like that too. <laughs> now the interview's begun see there see? we go <laughs> so do you is there anything else coming up I know you have this book signing coming up is there anything uh, that is uh, in your near future that you're working on that you can share with everybody well, yeah, come see me if you're on the East Coast. If you are in New York City on June 29th, I'm doing a book signing uh, at the NBC store at Rockefeller Center at 6.30 that night. And the great thing will be that a lot of the Golden Girls writer-producers will be there with me, and we're going to do a little talk first. Wow. So we're going to do another in-depth interview if you want to come and see the people who are around on the show at all different times during its run. Uh, talking about the secrets of the show. Please come. So, as I said, the NBC store, June 29th in New York, at Rockefeller Center. June 30th, the next night, I'll be at the Barnes & Noble in Woodland Park, New Jersey, which is my hometown store, where I met my husband in that store. So, oh. and I, it'll be the week, 20 years to the week since I met him in that Aww. store. So, that'll be kind of like a real nostalgic uh, homecoming. Yes. Uh, and then, yeah, I'll be, I'll be talking about this book, at least through Christmas, because, you know, I want to keep the golden girls forever going here and uh and there's so many people who just want to talk about this stuff and and keep it alive so i'll be working on that for the foreseeable future yeah and we will keep tweeting about it too and absolutely my uncle frank and my uncle jim that's what i'll do i can be the new <laughs> i can be the new 17 year old nephew right veranda no sure, shut up no <laughs> easy easy drag queen <laughs> Well, we cannot thank you enough for the amazing opportunity to get to speak to you. Um, we are madly in love with both the show and your book, which has mm -hmm. become like an absolute necessary companion for the show. Well, thank you. Yeah, I, I really hope people 
read it in two different ways, which is read it through and enjoy it because there's a whole story there of the show. But you know, I really, and I do this myself, I watch an episode and I go back to my notes and I see, what did people say about that again? And it's all in that book. So there's some great stories behind each episode that will really help you, I think, have a new level of enjoyment to a lot of them. Yeah, and now that Miranda is actual the the actual age of the characters. Oh, shut up! She can now she can now relate on a whole new level, which I think is wonderful. Yeah, bite me, bitch. Hey, well, you know what? When Rue started the show, she was only fifty one, and that shows how they viewed age back in the eighties. That fifty one was considered a golden girl. I mean. I know lots of the gay guys, 51 now, are still, you know, big muscle queens. They're not, yeah. they're certainly not sitting in a rocking chair. Well, I'm sitting next to a golden girl and... <laughs> oh, shut up! But no, in, in, all, in all honesty, we cannot thank you enough. It has been amazing and we are going to make sure that everybody that is a follower of ours becomes a follower of this amazing book. Because who doesn't love the golden girls? Well, and if they don't love the golden girls, fuck them. Break up with them. Yeah, that's we, right. You don't need them in your life. Unfollow. If they're voting for Trump or they don't like the Golden Girls, these are good litmus tests. Yes. Yes. (laughs) We don't need them. So, Jim, we have this thing uh, that we like to do here on the show, and you were a part of it. Uh, You were actually double drag dared um, to be on the show. And we're going to do that same thing to you. Who would you double drag dare to be on the Tit for Tat show? Uh, well, I got to pay this forward. Uh-oh. Uh, let's see. I double dragged there Liz Winstead. Okay. Now, Liz was the co-creator of The Daily Show, and she's out there every day fighting for women's rights, reproductive rights, gay rights. She's a hero of mine, and she's hilarious while she's doing it. She's the founder of Lady Parts Justice, uh, a group, again, to support all those rights, and she's just freaking hilarious. And I, even when she's confronting her, her haters on Twitter... I, she's, it just, she makes me laugh. So I double drag dare you, Liz Winstead. And Liz Winstead, I, it's perfect because she's going to be in Cleveland for, uh, to cover the Republican convention in July. So I double drag dare you, Liz. Well, Go Liz- on, tip for tap. All right, Liz. Well, we're we're gonna we're gonna be uh, looking out for you, honey. We need you on the Tit for Tat show, mm-hmm. and we love Lady Parts too. Yes, I get to throw mine on the floor at night. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, thank you, thank you so much, and um, it has been a true honor and pleasure to speak to you. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Hey, God. hey. I- and, Love speaking to you too. And thanks for being a friend. Oh. <laughs> You're getting unfollowed immediately after that. <laughs> thank you so much, Jim. Thank you so much. This was great. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you for being a friend. <laughs> Travel down the road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. Bum, bum, bum. Okay. Now I know why you lip sync. <laughs> yes. yes. <you> see? <laughs> <laughs> Engineer Gil liked oh, that one. I know, right? Ching, yes, ching. Yes. Oh, wait a minute. Here we go. <laughs> I got a double Yeah, header. yeah, you can't wow. stop playing with the buttons. So that was a great show. That was show. fantastic. We touched a little on the past. Yes. Touched a little on the future. Yes. And wrapped it up with what 
what could be better to talk about than those Golden Girls? I know, I know. So fantastic. And, you know, it just the stories and how, how they're so ingrained in our culture that everyone knows who they are. And yes. if you don't know who you, you know, if you don't know who they are, you, you're either really, really, really young. Or not gay. Or, yes, or not gay. Yeah, yeah. true. And then, what about Miss Tiffany Jones? Uh, what can I you say about her. Tiffany Jones? She's so stinking cute. And nuts. <laughs> but you got to love the nutty that's ones. Right, right? That's right. That's oh. right. Her laugh is just so adorable. Love her. Yeah. I would. Mm-hmm. I could talk to her every day. Yeah. I kind of do. Yeah, I know right? you do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it is time to wrap up another oh, amazing episode. This is a great one. This is, this is so much fun. Was it because Kenny wasn't here? Yes. I no. Thought, okay. <laughs> no, we miss you, Kenny. So. Yeah, uh, do we? Yeah, we yeah. do. We All do. Right. He's All our right. buddy. He's our pal. He's our pally. He's our drunk pally. If he can't do it, no one can, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Give us a scream or something. I don't know. <laughs> well, can you believe? See, if you're not, <laughs> if you're not sitting here, you do not know how amazing that was oh, right there. That then. was hysterical. Oh. That was a LeBron James three right there. <laughs> Wow. All right. So before we get into any more trouble, <laughs> it's about that time. Oh. Poop. Say goodnight, Veranda. Good night, Dorothy. <laughs> and this is Thomas. Please be kind to each other. Have your spouse spayed or neutered. Thank you. <laughs> I bet you're the kind of guy that would fuck a person in the ass and not even have the guts. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. <laughs> Ta-ta-ta-ta-ta.